this is where I go to be pruned. This is where I go to understand how I can communicate better. This is where I go to um, really understand my finances and how I'm supposed to really build wealth to leave it for my children. This is, I read this book on a consistent basis in order to understand how to be the wife that I'm supposed to be. I read this book on how to walk in character and I read this book on how to walk in wisdom and grace. This is where I go for my confidence. This is where I go for my peace. This is where I go for practical understanding of what is going on in the world so that when craziness happens, I don't have to be shocked or or, feel, or literally live in worry because what I've just read has given me so much peace or I'm founded and I'm grounded in him. I'm talking about the word of God. The word of God has so many jewels and gems and wisdom and and practical steps and deep understanding and all of these things on even how to communicate. How did Jesus communicate? It gives us all of these things if we understand how to read it, if we understand how to approach it, if we understand that it is a weapon if we understand that it is so important in our lives. The word of God can lift us truly out of a state of depression. There was a study that found that if you read the word of God four times or more throughout the week, that those who dealt with depression, that the symptoms lessened by up to 67%, 67%. That's from reading the word of God. It is our medicine. It is our guide. It is our lifeline. It is the very thing that sustains us. It is the word of God. It's so important that we just can't even fully give it his words. This is where we go to understand the Holy Spirit, understand the voice of God, understand the promises and understand the life of Christ. The word of God is so important. So my question is, Have you been studying it? How do you feel about it? And how should you read it? Let's go. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for coming back. We are over here going to have a great discussion today. But before we go there, let me introduce myself and those who are new here. I'm Jennifer Jefferson, the host and the voice behind Conquering Me podcast, where we talk about developing a personal relationship with Jesus. This one, look, at the end of the day, I'm excited to talk about any topic scripture that we discuss here. But the word of God is so precious to me. I have truly become this kind of nerd <laughs> when it comes to scripture. And we're continuing our conversation about putting on the whole armor of God. And I want to read where we're going to really focus on today. There's so much and I really do ask and I challenge you all to go back and read the word, read where we have been coming from. This is our second to last 
episode on this series about the whole armor of God, fighting with God. Because sometimes we're like understanding like, God, why isn't this happening? Why am I battling? Why am I going through this? And God is like, I've given you all that you need. And I, and I hope that we really understand that. In God, we have all that we need. Now, sometimes we are waiting for things to come to pass right? We're waiting for it to happen, but we have all that we need in him. And so I want to read the scriptures that we have been um, studying over the past however many episodes. I think we're on episode six now regarding part six, excuse me, where it says this in Ephesians six and 10, the whole armor of God. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And here, this is where Paul gives us instructions on how to stand and how to put on and what is the whole armor of God uh, really comprised of? What is it made of? And he says this in verse 14. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having showed your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with you, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked ones and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And lastly, in verse 18, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end and with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. The word of God is our sword. And what's interesting is I always looked at the sword as the big, massive thing that you just, that's probably like the size of of the height of a six-year-old, you know, is being toted around. And as I was studying, they were talking about the analogy that Paul was given. The Romans actually had, you know, some of them did have big ones, but a lot of them had like these small swords, these daggers. They were more um, easier to carry. Mm, that word of I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, sin against thee. So they would carry the word, carry the sword with them at all times. And it was small and it was a sharp one so we can do multiple things with it. It wasn't just for one thing. It was for multiple things. And I think about the word of God. The word of God can be used in multiple ways. The word of God is filled with his promises, which I have no idea how many promises are in the word of God. (laughs) It's like I, I did find a book and I read it on and off for studying purposes and just encouragement purposes. But it was like thousands of promises that are in the Bible alone. This is why we have so much hope in Christ Jesus. But we have to open our Bibles. We have to study our the Bible. We have to get into his word. We have to. We have to be able to study and show ourselves approved so that when the enemy comes our way, we can say, nope, it is written. Just like what Jesus did when he was 
in his time of fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and he was coming out of the wilderness. It is written. That's what Jesus did with the enemy. The word of God, I was, um, there's another book that I read on financial principles and it has to be, uh, it's about kingdom principles. And they said it's over 250, I believe in the book it said, because here's the thing, I'm quoting this book and I'm, I'm really, and I should have had this stuff all out, but I'm quoting this book because I have not counted the Bible to see how many scriptures talk about finances, how many scriptures talk about wealth. I haven't done that. So, but it says it's over 200, um, over 250 scriptures that specifically talk about finances. And, and there's so many scriptures talks about sowing, even taxes. Okay. All right. All right. Even taxes. Yes. Do you remember when the disciples came to him, t- came to Jesus and they were talking about taxes and Caesar and Jesus response was render unto Caesar what is due unto Caesar. In other words, Jesus said, pay your taxes. Stop fighting this. Some of us as believers are fighting taxes. It has nothing to do with salvation. And Jesus was like, just fight it. I mean, just pay it. What are we doing? God has allowed my husband and I to be able to counsel people in marriage. And I remember in the beginning of it, I used to focus heavily on what the scripture specifically said about wives and what it specifically said to husbands. And there is a place for it. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying to me, they need to know the character of Christ first because how can a husband love his wife if he doesn't understand how Christ loves? Because the Bible says, Husband, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Well, how did Christ love the church? How does Christ love? How did he love me? How did he love those who sinned against him? You see where I'm going? How did he love, period? How did he love the world? How did he love those who talked about him? How did he love those who failed him? How did he love those who did not show up for him? When we read the word of God, the heart posture has to be this has everything I need. So if I have that mindset that the Bible has everything that I need, I am saved. I have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, open my heart and mind to your word. Let me see God. Let me see the practical advice that he's given me. Let me see the depth of him. I had to learn how to communicate. I began to pray, Lord, teach me how to communicate the way Jesus did. Have you ever thought about how amazing that is for Jesus to be able to talk to anybody? Not saying that they received it, but he was an excellent communicator. He was an amazing storyteller. So that's one of the things I've been praying for. Like, Lord, teach me how to relate and and tell stories to people. So yes, I start with the word of God. Now the Holy Spirit will lead me to other tools. But I start with the word of God. I'm painting a full picture because I want us to know that the word of God is more than just Sunday service tool. It is more than that we pick up just because we're going through. The word of God has instructions for our day-to-day living. 
I don't have to be in the the most dire situations to where life feels or seems like it's over in order for me to read his word. I have literally studied the word of God and I'm continuing to study the word of God regarding finances. God, what do you say regarding finances? Because there's the truth. We There's a lot of systems out there. There's a lot of things that make sense. Like, oh, that makes sense. Why they will do that. Why they will budget this way. Why they will manage their money this way. And there's some wisdom in that. I'm not knocking that. But does it align with the word of God? Some of the ideas that we have when it comes to relationships or parenting, does it align with the word of God? My husband and I were just having this conversation about the scripture that says, um, doing your work unto God. And, you know, even if you're under other masters, now here's the truth. Don't allow the word master to trigger you. This one is just like who has authority over you. So if you go and clock into a job and someone is paying for you or someone has to write your paychecks, they have authority over you. Right. So that's the whole point. They have authority. But it says when you go in and you do that work, it is not for your supervisor. It is not for your manager. It is not for the CEO. You go in with the heart posture of I am doing my work unto God. So I show up in a different mindset. I show up ready. I show up prepared because I don't want to go into my I don't want to go before my heavenly father and and give him anything. But that's scripture. The word of God changes who we are. You know, when we're talking about these passages of scriptures that we've been talking about, which is the whole armor of God, and it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. A lot of the battles that we face, and this is what I've mentioned, I think it was in part three. It is not necessarily the external. It is not other people, but a lot of the battles we face are within Some of the things that we are lacking and some of the things that we do not have is because of our own internal battles. And I will place this out here and I'll say this. If you are struggling to really read and understand the word and you don't have the desire in it, understand, especially if you used to have a desire, that it could be a spiritual attack. I understand that you're busy. You're like, well, I'm busy. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of this that's going on. But God, help me to be focused on you. Even if it's like I have to set an alarm clock, a reminder that I will study today for 10, 15 minutes. 10, 15 minutes. And what's interesting when we're developing, especially if you're new to studying the word of God, if you're developing a new habit, you just have to show up. You may not always feel like it. We cannot allow our feelings to get into a place where it actually navigates how we move instead of the word of God. The word of God sets us apart. We are set apart through our our salvation through Christ Jesus, right? But we understand how to move and talk like Christ because we become his students. We understand how to be like him because we understand him more because we spent time with him through prayer and also through studying. The word of God is not something to sleep on. And if some of y'all know what I mean by that, some of y'all don't. 
don't underestimate its power. Don't underestimate it. I've, I've heard um, people ask me this and I, <laughs> people have asked me this, how do you hear the voice of God? And I've heard this one preacher say this. He was answering the same question. He said, if you want to know the voice, know his word. Because God will not speak to you what is contradictory to his word. So last week we talked about false gospels and we talk about um, a form of Jesus and a form of a gospel, right? And unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, false prophets, false teachers out there. And there's a lot of false, just falseness, child. There's a lot of false. Okay, a lot. And they're able to continue to speak and build their platform because there's a lot of itchy ears. Because the word of God corrects, it guides. The word of God, paint, it, it, it pushes and it paints the story of Jesus Christ. I'm trying to figure out the right word. It, it really directs us to Christ. It directs us to who he is. It makes sure that God gets the glory. So when we are in this position to where we have scripture and it's all about ourselves, it's all about what we can gain. And once again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but it can't, it can't be the focus. That's my point. The word of God, there's going to be moments when you're studying the word of God and you will wrestle with the word of God. It will shake your beliefs. Even the things that you thought were proper. It says this in Hebrew 4 and 12. For the word of God is alive and active. Please remember that part. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Now, what's interesting is we just read a scripture that said we need to pull out our sword of the word of God. But Hebrews is saying it is sharper than any double-edged sword. So anything physical, it penetrates. This is what the scripture continues to say. It penetrates even uh, to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the hearts. So when I say the word of God you will wrestle with the word of God. There have been times where I have thought something to be true because it was taught a certain way in the church. And the person or the people who taught me had good intentions. I really don't believe that they were trying to be malicious. But as I begin to study the word of God, I realize, oh my gosh, that's not what you meant, Jesus. This has been taught incorrectly. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. And then it's like, now you have to battle with unlearning this stuff. And then now I'm understanding about his grace and now I have to have grace for those who taught wrong. Maybe they did not know. I don't know because the word of God search. The Holy Spirit searches the heart. I can't search the heart. Now the Lord may allow me to have a level of discernment regarding things. But it searches that the word of God, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And I want us to switch that to say the word of God judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. Yes, you will feel convicted sometimes while you read the word. You will see yourself sometimes when you read the word. You will see, oh, 
Lord, I've been super messy while you read the word. Then it will also hit areas of your life where you are lacking, where you are lacking hope, where you're lacking peace, where you're lacking wisdom, when you're lacking all these things, the word of God will point that out and it can dig all of that out because that's the power of the word of God. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, all scripture is God breathed and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, every good work. Remember I told you the word of God is more than just what you use on Sundays. The word of God is more than that. The word of God is more than what you can pull up on a Sunday. The word of God is something that I can use in every aspect of my life. Everything. This says, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work. Not just some. Not just a little, but every good work. All scripture is God breathed. So there's no scripture to where you're like, "Mm, that doesn't apply to today. Nope. Challenge yourself to say, God, how does this apply today? How does this apply to me? How does this apply to my family, to the level of understanding that I have? Psalms 119 and 105 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Let me tell you, that scripture right there, it humbles me. It humbles me every time. I don't know what it is. It's like I have this sense of peace. I have this sense of joy. I have this this sense of, of gratitude that I don't have to be lost. I don't have to be confused. In the moments where I feel so overwhelmed and I'm like, God, what should I do? What should I do? I stop and I pray and I listen for his voice. And I say, God, guide me to your scripture. And I hear him and I allow his spirit and his word to settle me. It is a light. I don't have to be in darkness. That lets me know that he has ordered every step. That's also scripture. Every step of a righteous man, every step of a righteous man is ordered by God. It is ordered. God, if I listen and I become the doers of your word, how powerful are you? How powerful can we be here on earth? How powerful is God in our understanding of him? The more, the more we listen, the more we do. I believe in revelations like every um, after every letter that was written, it said, blessed are the hearers and the doers of the word. There are promises that we obtain by doing the word of God, by hearing the word of God. So it's just it's a challenge to say, let me go beyond of understanding what does that mean for my Christian walk? Because our Christian walk is not just on Sundays or or when we actually talk about Jesus. Our Christian walk is our walk. It is our life. It is what we do. 
It is how we show up in the world. It is all these things. So I want to give us these tips and I've given it before and I want to give it again about studying the word of God and how to study the word of God. I remember the Lord gave this to me in prayer regarding a study guide. And it is so, it was amazing how the Holy Spirit did. And he literally brought out 12 steps, 12 steps on studying his word. Before we go into the scripture alignment and and the steps, I want you to really write down this and ask yourself these questions. What is stopping me from spending more time with God via the word? And I'm going to be honest with you. I was not always a student of the word of God. I knew that I needed to read the word of God. I knew that it was important for my life. I knew all of these things, but I was not consistent. And here's the thing. I'm not as consistent as as I desire because I understand that I am growing in Christ and there are more things that God is requiring of me. So I, I kind of, and sometimes I do put a little bit more on myself than probably what God is saying, but there's sometimes where I feel the Holy Spirit really nudging me and pushing me to, to read the word because I have to prepare myself. Remember last week we talked about uh, the readiness, the preparedness of the gospel of peace, right? So in order for me to have the readiness to put on the shoes so that I can talk about the gospel and understand the gospel and be knowledgeable about it, I have to be his student. I have to. So all of this stuff intertwines with one another. So I want you to ask yourself and really maybe write down what is holding you back from studying more? What are the distractions? What is it? Is it that maybe the Bible, and let's just be real, some people find the Bible boring. And that, <laughs> so let's stop acting like, you know, because I tell people, I'm like, the Bible is far more, it has so much juice in it, right? But if your mind isn't there, you don't see it as such. Some people are not readers of the word of God. So do you need to do more audible, right? To where you're listening to the word of God. Now with the apps, you can go ahead and press and have somebody talk. And I believe they have like different voices. So I'm asking you to ask yourself this question about what is holding you back? Because there are some practical things that the Holy Spirit will advise you to do. Maybe it is finding a different version of the Bible that is going to be better for you. The blessing is that there are so many versions of the Bible. We don't have to read the same version. There's a different way. I just bought my kids um, a book that is, I I said not a a book. I, I just bought my kids the Bible that is specifically for teenagers, And it is written by youth pastors and pastors across this uh, word. I think it was like over 2000 pastors that got together and they're used to ministering to to youth. And so they understand they're educators, not just educators on a collegiate level. They were educators of teenagers and middle schoolers. Right. So they understood how to communicate with them. What is it that they need on a holistic level? So my husband and I, we bought that Bible for them. 
because I told him, I said, it's good to have the apps, but we want them to also have the physical Bible because I realized when you have the physical Bible, it helps you to remove all the other distractions because we can easily get distracted by our devices. That's just the truth. So I want you to think about what stops you from reading the Bible? Do you feel like you don't have enough time or you're not, um, you have too many distractions or sometimes just, it could just be like you're lazy. Like I'm just so lazy or maybe I don't have the desire. So I want you to write that down and then we're gonna go through these 12 steps and the Holy Ghost is through, you know, I believe the Holy Ghost will give me some, give us some tips that we can help, that can help you with regarding studying the Bible. So first tip, I will say this. After you have written everything about what is stopping you from studying the Bible on a consistent basis, I want you to forgive yourself. I want you to say, that does not define me. Why am I saying that? Because the enemy will make us feel so bad about not spending enough time with God. Now the Holy Spirit will convict. So please don't get the the two intertwined, right? Messed up. Because I've said this before, conviction from the Holy Spirit, because like we just heard that the Holy Spirit brings correct. I mean, the word of God brings correction. So correction and conviction comes from God. But then also, how do we know? Because it draws us, draw us to him. Whenever we feel something that draws us away from God is a problem. So after you've written this and you realize what it is, ask the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to come in and say, God, what is it on today? The, the two things that I can work on. Maybe you realize that you don't like the Bible, maybe because you find it boring. So you need to look for a version that is suitable for you. And then also study a topic because there's different ways we can study the topic of a Bible or we can study scripture by scripture and also study historical context. So maybe it is a topic. So think about it. What is it right now that you desire from God? Or maybe it's something that you have been questioning. Study the word of God because the Bible says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I'm saying for you to forgive yourself and ask God for forgiveness first, right? First, Lord, forgive me for not studying the word. Tell yourself, forgive you, whatever your name is. Say, I forgive you, right? Because we need to get the condemnation off of us. We need to get the guilt off of us. So now we're in a new place. We have repented. And now we say, Holy Spirit, we invite you in and give me your guidance on how. I know the word of God is so important to me. A preacher said it like this, so simple. The Bible is the basic instructions before leaving this earth. I find it more than basic, but I understood what what he meant when he said that. It is a living and active tool. That's what I said when I read that scripture. I want you to to remember that. It is living and it's active. It is present. It is right now. Don't miss your solution because of life issues or because of distractions or because you don't have enough time, whatever it is. So really start to become curious about your own study life. And we're going to run through these 12 steps. These 12 steps are this. 
This is what the Holy Ghost gave me regarding studying the word of God, especially when you want to do a deep dive within the word of God. Number one, pray and set the atmosphere. So whatever the atmosphere is, set it. So if you need to put on worship music, if you need to make sure that your room is clean, (laughs) maybe some people like to go by the water, whatever it is, set the atmosphere and invite the Holy Spirit in. Clear your mind and heart and say that this is our time. God, this is our time. Read the scriptures and read it aloud. That's step number two. And start with, especially if you're new, start with one or two scriptures and just read it aloud and allow it to really kind of penetrate your mind. If you got to read it multiple times, do so. Step three, identify God's character. Do you see God in this scripture? Do you see how he is, how he moved, how he talked, his forgiveness, his grace? And then step four says, write down any keywords or thoughts or feelings that arise. Sometimes our questions come about as we're studying. So don't ignore those questions. Write that down. Let that be something that takes you further into the scripture. Because step five has this cross-reference keywords or revelations to other scriptures. So if you're reading something about love and the word love sticks out, then Google other scriptures about love. I want us to use the technology that we have today. If you have access to technology, use it. Along with your physical Bible, along with your physical notebook, whatever you do, even if you use an iPad, use technology. Scriptures say, what are scriptures about love? What does it mean when it says this in love regarding this scripture, right? Or maybe you had an emotion that sparked. Write that down. Do not ignore those things. Then I challenge you in step six, it says this, reread the scripture in another translation. I love that we have different translations because it, it is able to give a different perspective. Well, not a diff- different perspective, but a, uh, a deeper perspective. And it can give us understanding in one way that maybe another version did not. Then once again, now that you read that again, it is a reread, see God's character again. Did you see anything differently? Did, was there another light bulb that went off or was there a question that you need to have that, that, that arose that you're like, I need to write this down. These are guides and steps that God is, has given me to share with you all. That was step seven. Number eight is uh, write any new keywords or thoughts or feelings. Step nine, dive into the historical value and context. Now, this will take some time, but I think it is really good for believers, regardless of what stage you are, if you're new to this or if you've been in it, to understand historical context so you can understand the word a little bit deeper. Because sometimes our understanding of today's word, meaning the actual physical word, is not the same of what it is what it, when it was written in Hebrew or in um, Greek. The meaning could be slightly different. So look up the meaning of it. Look up and here's the thing. One thing that I've learned, Hebrew, um, Old Testament is mainly in Hebrew. New Testament is mainly in Greek. And there are a lot of good concordances and Bible apps that can show you specifically what those scriptures are and what they meant. And if you could take a word, I think you can type it in. Um, One good one is um, Strong's Concordance. It's an app. It's a free app and you can put in the scripture and it will tell you word by word what it actually meant. Then you can go into historical context of understanding like what was happening during that time. 
Why does it, why is it so important for a woman to do this or a man to do this? And it just gives you a better understanding. And I believe that every time that we go deeper into the word of God, it feeds us, that it feeds and it begins to make us more hungry and thirsty for him. Have you ever had something so delicious? And it was like, oh my gosh, that was so good. And then you remember that every time you went back to the restaurant, you're like, okay, I want to have that again. Yes. So it's not just about brazing over it like, oh, I just read it to read it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a checklist to make sure that you're reading daily, which is good because sometimes we need to just build the muscle, build the discipline. But to spark that desire, we have to go deeper. In verse, I mean, in step 10, after we have dived into the historical value and context, reflect on everything and apply. This is when we reflect on it like, wow, what did I just learn today? And Holy Spirit, how can I apply this in my life? Remember, we need to be not only hearers, but doers of the word. And then I like to meditate on this scripture. Verse 11, I like to meditate on what I just read, what God just gave me, what he just revealed. I like to meditate on what it is and allow it to penetrate my mind, allow it to penetrate my heart. The word of God instructs us to meditate on his word day and night. So you could take that same scripture and let it resonate in your soul and your spirit for literally, I don't know, however long you want to, right? And verse, I'm not verse 12, but the last step in uh, in this 12-step process of studying the word of God is this. Now, once again, I want to put this out there. It's not the only way. There's a lot of different methods to study the word of God. I know I've heard of James methods, the SOAP method. Um, there's a couple other methods if you need help and guidance. But this is what the Lord has given me to share with you all. And the last step is pray. Give God thanks in everything that he has revealed. And ask him to guard your heart and guard your mind so that it stays there and the enemy does not come up to pluck up anything that was trying to, that is, that is trying to take a root in your life. Because we want the word of God to be so deep in us that it begins to transform who we are and transform how we think and move and show up in this world. The word of God is beyond amazing. To be honest with you, I I really can't even give it the right words. I wish I was a wordsmith. (laughs) I wish I was a wordsmith to really articulate the way I feel about the word of God because it took me some time to get here and I'm so thankful. It used to be a time and point where everything, the only thing I wanted to do was just pray. Pray, 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 pray. And then the Lord will lead me to scripture. But now it's like, I want the word and I want prayer. I need to to taste him, taste and see that the Lord is good. And for me, it is through his scripture. It is through spending time with him, but it took me time. Don't allow your inexperience with God or your lack of time, your lack of understanding, whatever it is to stop you from spending time with the Lord, because I promise you, whatever time you dedicate to him, you will be blessed. Even if you don't see it, even if you don't feel it, you will be blessed. The word of God has all that we need. This is the first book we go to before reading any other book. 
this is the book that gives us understanding. And uh, when we see war, rumors of war, when we see people oppressed, all these things, go to this book first, go to the Bible first with any questions that you have. And I truly believe in my heart that God will give you an answer and then he'll guide you to other sources, other resources that are out there to further help your understanding. But the Bible This is our main, this is it. This is our number one guide. I pray you've received something. I pray that you have gained something. I pray that the word of God becomes so important to you, to where you desire it. When you don't read it, you feel like you haven't eaten in three days. You know how for those who fast for whatever reason, maybe for spiritual or for health reasons, if you fasted, boy, when you haven't gotten that meal, your stomach starts talking to you. That's what I want us to feel like with the word of God. Like, oh, Lord, I haven't read my word today. I haven't prayed today. What's going on? I got to eat because that's what we're doing. We're feeding the spirit, ma'am. Lord, we love you. We honor you for all that you are doing. God, we thank you for giving us your word. God, I thank you for your word. It is breathed by you and it is all from you. You sent the people and you gave them the heart's desire to write what has happened and what did happen and what is to come for us, for us to see you, for us to know you, for us to have instructions and have a full life here on earth. God, I thank you for you are so wonderful wonderful and kind to think of your children in that manner to where you know that we can't see you, but you gave us your word. We know, you know, that sometimes we cannot physically touch you, but you gave us your word to touch. And every time we open up our Bible and we invite you into the study time, we feel your presence and you are giving us more of you. We thank you and we praise you for all that you are doing. I love each and every one of you and those of you who are like, well, I study the word of God, but I don't have Jesus. I invite you to ask God to be your savior. Repeat after me, Lord, come into my life. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you rose and died for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are my savior and my friend. If you believe that we are rejoicing, heaven is rejoicing. We are so excited to have you into the family. Please find a church home, find a good Bible, be about your father's business. Be so curious about God. Be so curious about God to where nothing will stop you. No distraction, nothing will keep you from learning more of him. I love you all. And I will speak to you next Friday.